From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining me. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Jim Damiani, Managing Executive Director of Newmark's Twin Cities office, talks to FNC reporter Dan Netter. Damiani discusses the development and uses of Newmark's Tenant User Experience Survey. Today I am joined by Jim Damiani. Uh, Jim is a Managing Executive Director for Newmark and their Twin Cities office and he helps head up the office for tenant representation. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Dan. Well, so Jim, uh, just to start off the questions today, I really would love to just hear a little bit about Newmark and the work that Newmark does. Yeah, I'd love to jump into that. So Newmark, uh, actually in, in five years, we're gonna be celebrating our 100th anniversary. So. Uh, not a lot of people in Minnesota knew the Newmark name six, seven years ago. I helped open the office here in Minnesota in 2017. And uh, right now, Newmark has 170 offices throughout the globe and 7,400 professionals. We're a full service commercial real estate firm. Um, I do tenant representation. I help people buy and lease um, space. Uh, but we also have project management, property management. Uh, appraisal, uh, investment sales, um, agency leasing, retail, uh, land. Uh, we cover the the gamut of commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, so you know, you you mentioned that you you help people buy and lease uh, property. Um, could you could you talk a little bit about more of your job? Yeah. So I run a team, a smaller team. We have. 35 professionals in our office, but my team is five people and we really do tenant advisory or owner advisory. So if somebody's looking for office space, for instance, to lease or purchase, uh, we help them with that. And we help not just find the space and negotiate the transaction, but uh, workplace strategies. And as you can imagine today uh, with hybrid work and remote work and all the different things that people are going through. Um, we help navigate the, them through that process. Yeah. And, you know, the reason that we're, we were hoping to get you on today's show uh, was because we wanted to talk a little bit about the tenant user experience uh, survey. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the what that is and uh, Newmark's role in developing it? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I'm going to turn back the clock to about... Six or seven years ago, I was moderating a program for BOMA, uh, which stands for Building Owners Managers Association. So it's an audience of 250 building owners and property managers uh, that I negotiate against. 
for a living, right? Uh, and and work to get uh, my clients into their buildings. And somebody from the audience raised their hand and they said, Jim, what's the difference uh, today between a class A and a class B office building? And, and I paused and I said, you know, I, I think that's really an antiquated uh, way of looking at it. So I go, let's just look up BOMA. We're at a BOMA conference, right? So let's look at BOMA's definition for class A office. And the definition at the time said the nicest uh, amenities, um, highest finishes, charges the most rent. It even said the nicest trim around doors and windows, which I've never had a client in my 35 years ask me for the nicest trim around the doors and windows, right? Uh, and then I looked up class B and class B said somewhat lower finish level charges less rent. And I looked at the audience and I said, that's not helpful for me or my clients at all. And and I think it's kind of arbitrary, right? People just say, oh, it's an A and A minus B plus building. I said, I think it should be based on building amenities and it should be a five-star system. So if you take an Uber and your Uber driver on the app says 4.99 ranking and they have 10,000 trips, guess what? It's going to be a great experience. They are going to show up on time. They're going to have a clean car, maybe water for you. They could probably have a conversation with you. Um, and what, you travel, Yelp, you buy things. Everything is a five-star experience. People understand that concept, but it doesn't exist in commercial real estate. Well, at least it didn't six or seven years ago. So I went back to my office. I went to our research director and I said, I don't see this anywhere. Can you do this? And she said, I can for Minnesota office, it's going to take a year, year and a half because you have to look at every single building and find out, you know, what the experience is in that building. And I thought it should be based on building amenities. And then she came back and said, what about good natural light? What about heating and cooling that's balanced well? What about walkability? So all these things that are super important to the experience of being in that office and she came up with 18 categories, ranked every building in town, um, took a year and a half, and then COVID hit. And uh, it's a great time to have the system, by the way, after COVID, because people are trying to figure out a way to engage and attract talent and get their people to want to come into the office. Uh, well, if you can look at buildings and the experience level from the people that go and work in those buildings, that gives you that metrics that you can look at and really use to show your people, hey, we're moving from a two-star building to a five-star building because we love you and we want you to come into the office and help our company culture and you know everything that goes with it. So COVID hit and she said, what if we add cleaning standards and air quality? Very important after a pandemic or during a pandemic. So re-rank all the buildings and our, our clients love this system because it just it's pretty black and white and it's an easy way to look at buildings and and show people that you care about them and here's why we're moving to a certain building yeah i that that's a, a really interesting origin for the the survey um do you mind me asking it it might be a little painful but uh do you mind me asking if you could just you know straight through list off uh the 20 categories yeah, so basically the 20 categories that we have, and these are categories that we've added to since the pandemic, are uh, on-site management, covered parking, a fitness center, not just a bike or a treadmill in the basement, but a full center, 
uh, access to dining in the building, uh, natural light, good natural light uh, with high ceilings, um, services in the building, security in the building, uh, walkability uh, in and around the building. Uh, we have a wired connectivity score, cleaning standards, and then the other 10 are conference and or training room facilities in the building, bike storage and servicing, uh, sustainability, you know, limiting your carbon footprint, uh, third workplace in the building. So you can leave your actual workspace or your office and use the Wi-Fi and, and work uh, in another environment in the building. Exterior gathering space, uh, modern, efficient elevators, buildings that host tenant events, access to mass transit, modern and efficient HVAC, and air quality. So those are the 20 categories that we have. Great. Yeah, thank you for listing those off. Um, and so you, you mentioned that this was rolled out um, right around when COVID the COVID-19 pandemic started becoming, you know, uh, more prolific. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what that initial phase of rolling this um, survey out was, like like going around and, and taking the surveys of each building in the city? Yeah, and we actually uh, rolled it out about five years ago. So it was prior oh, okay. to the pandemic. It just so happened that it is a really good tool for our clients to use during the pandemic or after the pandemic. Um, but basically it was our research director either looking up online and seeing what the buildings had in these 20 categories, well, it was 18 categories to start with. And then we added the two and then reaching out to the property management or ownership or listing agent teams and saying, here's what we have for your building. Please verify it. And then talking to all the brokers in our office, because some buildings go through modifications, they add amenities, they do a refresh of their building. So we have to continually update the system. So it's not just create the system and you're done. You have to update it all the time uh, because buildings do go through transformations. Um, so yeah, there was a multi-pronged approach on how we, how we came up with the initial set of data. Mm-hmm. Do you find any of the categories to be particularly important um, in the survey? Yeah, um, it, it used to be natural light and HVAC were like the two biggest things that people asked for. Um, but when the pandemic hit, once again, it was security, air quality, um, cleaning standards, uh, things like that. And now more recently, it is walkability and it's all about the experience, right? If if somebody's experience is better working from home, it's going to be hard to convince them to come to the office. So these buildings are all trying to come up with ways that we can give the employee something that they all have at home and things they can't get at home. And that all kind of plays into the, the 20 categories. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't I don't want to ask you to list off some of the uh, one star buildings here. I don't want to give too many people a bad name, but are there any five star buildings in uh, Minneapolis or St. Paul that you think are worth note? Yeah, there definitely are. And, it, and, and more of the newer product. So another interesting fact is during the pandemic, 
some buildings, office buildings were built and people are like, wow, there's people are taking less office space, a lot of work from home, a lot of hybrid. Uh, why would you build a new office building? There's a flight to quality. Um, now those buildings are more expensive. Uh, the gateway building downtown, for instance, 10 West End, for instance, North Loop Green that's being developed in the North Loop right now. All these buildings are filling up their office space and charging some of the highest rents. The reason they're successful, I think, is because they check all the boxes on these categories and their five-star experiences. The companies overwhelmingly think our people are going to want to come into the office more if the experience is at a five-star experience level. They're, they're leasing less space because there are remote workers. There are hybrid and hoteling and things like that that come into it, or they could right-size their office sizes and People don't need file cabinets anymore, right? Not as many anyway, because a lot of people are paperless. So if they're used to paying $30 to $35 a square foot gross rent on 50,000 square feet, but they think they can fit into 25,000 square feet with the new work environments, but pay $50 a square foot for the nicest product in town, they're still paying less than they were paying before on a monthly basis, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. You you hit on um, a point that I was uh, hoping that we could elaborate a little bit on um, the the flight quality trend. Uh, do you feel like since this trend has you know started picking up pace that there's been an increasing need for the uh, user survey, the user experience survey? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, and I got to tell you, our clients love this. They love the, the tenant experience ranking system. One of them early on, we, see, we have one point per category. And early on, one of our clients said, can you weight the categories? Because we don't think they're all the same importance to our employees. And we said, perfect. You're helping us you know, modify the system. We love this. And so what we did is we gave the 20 categories that give it to all your employees, have them rank them one to 20. And then it re-ranks every building within two seconds to what's important to their company culture. Because it shouldn't be the same for every company, right? So it, it's really a unique system and very relatable and modifiable um, way to look at things. Is there a uh, like user interface for the uh, experience survey? There's not uh, right now. Basically, what we do is we give them the categories and then we set up separate surveys and interviews for their employees. Sometimes they want to interview all their employees and survey all of them. Sometimes they want to just take a cross section of people. Uh, every every client's different on how they want to how they want to use it. Yeah. And, and can you tell me about uh, the way that then you go about getting clients for this survey. Um, is it, do they come to you for it or do you go to them and say, Hey, we have this great product. Like here's, here's a way that you could use it. Yeah. It'd be great if they came to us, but that doesn't uh, always happen. Rarely happens. So we, uh, we reach out to people and a lot of times it's referrals from our current clients that have friends that are, CEOs, CFOs, and they say, hey, you really should look at this system. Um, so basically, we we go to them, and the downtown council asked me to present this at one of their meetings, which I did a few years ago. Um, and 
we had a few people come up to us after that meeting and say, we want to learn more and they're clients today. Mm -hmm. Have you had any not so great uh, responses for the people who, you know, took up your services or um, maybe disputed the, the results of the survey? No, I had uh, pushback from one CFO once that said, we don't want to pay for a five-star experience. And if we use your system, are we going to pay more because you're going to tell us we should be in a four and a half or a five-star experience? And that's when we found another way to use our system is, is uh, in negotiating. And we told them, we can find buildings in the market that are four to five star buildings that for whatever reason are offering below market economics. I mean, better economics for the tenant uh, because their loans come and due, or they have a high vacancy or, you know, there's a lot of different factors that we track and we can use it to negotiate. So we can go to that four star building that is ready to go back to the bank and negotiate a very strong economic economic package for our client. And then we can go to the building that they want to go to, that's a three-star, and say, this four-star building is offering better economics than you are, and they're a four-star. You need to raise your experience in your building to match them at a four-star and lower your rent and give us more free rent and other incentives for us to move in. So it, it works as a negotiating tool as well, which is not why we created the system, but it just evolved. Yeah, it's a, it's a unexpected bargaining chip i i suppose exactly and building owners do buy into you know they see it and they i mean it's hard to argue the 20 categories right now they might argue that they have some categories that we don't have them listed as matter of fact we had an iconic building uh, i won't name who they are but they called and they were upset that they were a four-star and they wanted to be a five-star and we said well you can't buy a ranking but here's the categories that are missing and they ended up putting in a big tenant lounge and some other things. They got up to a four and a half star, but their HVAC system was antiquated and and they weren't going to replace it. It was too expensive to, to do. Well, then they can't be a five star. They're going to be a four and a half star. But um, they definitely looked at our system and, and asked how they could improve their ranking. That's that's curious. That was a point that I was uh, hoping that we could expand on a little bit about, um, I guess, leading it to, you know, landlords or building owners deciding to switch things up when they realized their ranking was lower than they were expecting. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about um, times where that's happened um, and what the typical category was that people were falling short in? Um, well, that one example that I just gave you, that was one, and that was, they didn't have a third workplace and mm -hmm. they didn't have bike storage and, and servicing and, and they put those things in. It just didn't quite get them to, uh, to the five star. Um, mm -hmm. We've had building developers ask us to look at the system because they are going to build a building and they want to say we're a five star building in their marketing materials. So we give them the categories and sit down with them and we don't work with them, right, necessarily, but we'd love to have more five-star product out there that we can show our clients. Mm -hmm. Of course. Jim, do you expect for uh, 
this user experience survey product um, to expand in any kind of capacity over the next, you know, near future? Yeah, so Newmark is uh, looking to roll this out in all of their markets. Uh, you know, we have 170 markets, so it would take some time to do that. But we've got the the nuts and bolts done. You know, we have the categories. Um, so it wouldn't be that difficult to roll it out. But that's something that they uh, they called us on and they want to roll this out globally. Mm -hmm. And so it was a pilot program then in Minnesota, was it? Yeah, and it all just became from this one meeting that I had in front of building owners and a light clicked when somebody asked me a question about A and B office and it just didn't make any sense to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Jim, I'm not sure if I have any other questions for you. Uh, do you have anything else that you were hoping to get into this interview that I haven't asked you the right question for? No, I think uh, you pretty much covered it. Now, I, I did have a client once when I did present this to the downtown council. Uh, they said, are you worried that a competitor is going to take this system and use it uh, to try to win business? And that came up during the actual presentation that I gave because somebody took their phone out when this came on the screen and took a picture of it, right, of the slide. And I said, "Here, here's my analogy. So my daughter is a baker. And if you gave her the ingredients for chocolate chip cookies and gave me the ingredients for chocolate chip cookies, you would love the cookies she bakes. And mine would help you probably stay nice and slim because you would throw them away. You would not eat them because she knows the recipe. So I'm not concerned about somebody trying to take our system and use it to, you know, win business. Because they're not the one that was creative enough, thoughtful enough, passionate enough to create this system for their clients and continually modify it. And we have six years of history using this and listening to our clients tell us what they like, what they don't like. And we've continually modified and made it better as we go. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not really concerned about that. Uh, I'm sure it'll happen. You know, this is a proprietary system that we have, but, you know. It's, it's a copycat industry and uh, just like any industry is. So um, we just want to stay on the forefront and always continually to modify it and improve it as we go. That was Jim Damiani of Newmark. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for talking with me today. It was a pleasure talking to you, Dan. Have a good one. You too.